Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The How's Your Father podcast with Johnny Cochran. And now, here's Johnny. Hello and welcome to the How's Your Father podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things fatherhood. Uh, We have talked in the past to Russell Kane, for instance, about sleep deprivation. We've talked to Doc Brown about raising girls. And it's not long ago that we were talking to comedian Jade Adams about her wonderful father and what a mean tagliatelle he makes. Um, and today, guys, you're thinking, wow, you always deliver, Johnny, with amazing guests and wonderful people to talk to around fatherhood. And today is no different, for I have a sensational comedian, a man so funny, I'm already wetting myself. It's none other than Garrett Millerick. Hello. There we go. Thanks very much for having me on. Some people shrink under the weight of the pressure of being on the podcast when they hear that initial applause from one man. <laughs> but um, you seem to just be taking it in your stride, Garrett. Mate, I had I had uh, enough enough time in my life on the open mics that a one man clapping, I'll always chalk it up as a win. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I think we've all been there on that. And, and to be honest, you're also, Garrett, a new father. I, I, I am a new father, yes. Yeah, so this is very nice. I mean, new fatherhood and, um, and COVID. I'm just relishing in the opportunity to see other human beings. <laughs> and if so they clap at you, even better. Hey, right? look, it's absolutely fantastic. As I said, the, the baby's not really doing anything other than... Um, <laughs> than eating and sleeping and, and not sleeping and shitting at the moment. So it's it's not go up to doing anything particularly interesting. So um, just uh, you coming on and clapping, this has this made my day, John. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming on the podcast. So let's jump into it, Garrett. Um, you are a new father, your yes. first child. Um, uh, uh, what what child did you, did, did you have, a, a boy or a girl? We had a girl one. Uh, you had a girl we, one? Yeah. I should say, I don't, I'm going to apologise to your listeners here. I was actually, I was late for the record. We said we were going to record at four o'clock. It's now 4.43 because I have no idea what day it is. So I just completely <laughs> forgot to show up on time. And Johnny was phenomenally polite about it. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's the level of sleep deprivation I'm at. So we, yeah, we had uh, on the, uh, she is coming up to four weeks old now. Oh, what, four weeks old, right? So you are in the eye of the storm right now. Four weeks old. So, yeah. so if we if we take it back a little bit, then Garrett, um, yep. bearing in mind that it is your first child. So when we talk about um, the fact that you've 
had a child now was this something that was always in the plan were you always uh wanting to first of all have children and specifically at this point have children or was it possibly even something that lockdown brought on where you're like you know what we're not doing anything else let's crack one out <laughs> <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't a classic uh covid baby in in that we we've been we've been trying for a while and it turns out what was really required to um uh, to go from trying into into pregnancy was me not to be on tour all the time. So COVID <laughs> did help, but it wasn't it wasn't the um, the inciting incident uh, for for the pregnancy. Um, so I got married coming up five years now. It's been in the plan since we got married, but I can't say that being a dad was something I uh, that I thought about a lot. Uh, before that, so it was really when I, when I met my wife, I was like, "Yes, I would like to have children uh, with you," uh, as opposed to it wasn't. Um, yeah, I haven't always sort of dreamt of having kids. Um, I'm typical. I think I'm a fairly typical bloke in that regard. I just bumbled on with life, not making plans, and then you know stuff happens. It's it's interesting. I think on the podcast we've had a mixture of people who are kind of like they've always seen children in their future and like you they met the right person knew it was the time or or some people who were more like they would always have envisaged having kids regardless and not to say that they just got with anyone at that time but yeah. it was more um, they almost wouldn't have got with partners if they didn't see kids in their future, that kind of thing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a kind of mixture. Because um, so, so in that sense, you um, have had the 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 light lit for you in in the sense of fatherhood yeah. by the fact that you're in a uh, wonderful marriage. Yeah. But, um, now, when you think about um, taking on the role of fatherhood, how does that? Does it fill you with dread or excitement, or what? What are, what are those initial feelings in that first month? Well, it's very nice to have something to do, <laughs> <laughs> given uh, given uh, the the last year we've all had. Um, yeah, I was really excited about it. Um, to be honest, I, it's only occurred to me since since she's been born, or maybe the latter stage of the pregnancy, that I did comparatively to a lot of people, I left it quite late in life I certainly let it, like um I found this picture of me and my my parents and my sister on holiday in France when I was I think I was eight years old and I looked at my dad in the picture and realized my dad was younger in that picture than I am now and so it's only it's literally only since uh, having a child that I've gone oh actually yeah I'm, I'm pushing 40 that's probably quite late to think about it and as I say I didn't I didn't think about it at all in my in my 20s or teens um so it like she was planned but that's one thing i've been thinking about like oh, maybe did i leave this did i leave this too late should i have done it earlier like it's a great it's an amazing feeling so like oh maybe i could have had this enormous sense of purpose uh, 10 years ago <laughs> and an yeah. enormous sense of purpose was definitely something my life was lacking 10 years ago so <laughs> um do you know what interestingly you say that as well i read an article and it, here's a here's a little exclusive for all the how's your father listeners um and it was basically a number of leading scientists have um uh, basically written a paper around the issue of male fertility and how dropping rates of male fertility are genuinely leading to conversations about e extinction level events in humanity mm. um and uh you know i think it's just interesting that you say about as you get older having to get your head around potentially this might not happen or it's certainly not as 
is easily going to happen as I oh yeah I mean predicted. look we, we as uh, as as men growing up in in the 90s you're told repeatedly like the don't get a girl pregnant don't get a girl pregnant absolutely do not get a girl pregnant the very worst thing you could possibly do is is get a girl pregnant and I, I believe the same was was true for for girls growing up in the 90s they were told don't get pregnant the worst thing you can do is get pregnant and we had, had that so rhythmically drummed into us that actually when you start planning to have kids you go well this is a lot more complicated than the <laughs> yeah i was led to believe that this was just some sort of grenade where if you looked at it in the wrong direction it was gonna it was gonna go off whereas in fact it's um it's it's a it's a really lovely privilege that is actually quite a bit more taxing than people <laughs> tell you about um but yeah i, I apparently uh, rod gilbert i've not seen it yet but um i think it was rod gilbert has done an amazing documentary on uh, on the bbc about that uh, the subject of male fertility and um, I know that because a, f- a friend of mine's trying for a baby at the moment and he's had all of that sort of stress as has his partner about okay you get to the point of going oh well can we and so they've been through the tests and and they can you know um, but there's a huge amount of stress surrounding that there's a huge amount of completely unnecessary shame surrounding that and um, I think I think it's really good that people are are talking about it more um and yeah well well done to rod gilbert for, for doing a documentary like that um and getting out there because it was it was really really valuable to my friend when he was going through um you know the tests and everything and wondering whether it was possible to watch something like that that obviously is on a subject that as men we don't talk about and be like right okay well even if the test comes back in this direction or that direction there are options there are things you can do which is not something that we as as men are educated on i don't think yeah, definitely. It, it is. It does remain such a taboo subject, and yeah. um, you know, l- intrinsically linked into perceptions of masculinity. You know, is your fertility and your your, your yeah, ability yeah, yeah. to re- procreate, um, and so can leave so many men in a kind of crisis of masculinity yeah. if that's how you've built. You know, your I think for, I think for women as well. There's that thing across that. There's that great thing as 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 uh, you know, human beings that we've all got to we've all got to pro- procreate, and it becomes a gendered issue in 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 the the fork in the road in the, in the way that it's discussed in terms of women and men. But I think there are huge pressures on women as well, uh, and there's a huge amount of of unnecessary shame. I mean, we we experienced this was not we had a we had a pregnancy before this one that 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 didn't work out and there's a lot of th- things in there that you don't talk about in terms of like miscarriage or ectopic pregnancies and things and I was very ignorant about that sort of thing um, and there does now seem to be uh, f- f- for men and women uh, a great amount of conversation going on on that subject which is fantastic and just on both sides uh, for men and women um, removing the shame from those issues of, of fertility or that idea of, of something being a failure or whatever um, I think is really constructive and it's 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 really good that we're all getting to a point where we're talking about it definitely and and, and in terms of that I mean you speak as much as, as you want to on it but sure. you've had a, a previous failed pregnancy yeah um just where where does that leave you, like emotionally? I mean, you kind of hinted at it, but where does it, in terms of the strain it also puts on you as a couple, in terms of you know needing your communication to be very strong mm. to help get through that. Where 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 did that put you emotionally? Well, for me, the the first one uh, that was when I was actually. Um, 
I had to kind of have the conversation with myself that I realised when that pregnancy happened that I did really want children. That was probably the first time in my life that I had realised that I did really want children and it wasn't just something I was I was um, kind of passively going along with because that's what you do in life, you know, and go, oh, this is actually something I have an emotional connection to and it is something that I, I really want. But we were very lucky because we've got, we've got very good um, communication between the between the pair of us so it actually it it strengthened us as a couple and it strengthened our resolve to carry on and do it but it does you know the one thing I didn't uh, I didn't know before I had no idea that pregnancy is actually one as we were discussing quite difficult at sometimes um, but also it can be incredibly dangerous I didn't I was not schooled in those in those two things and actually just a, a little it's the only when that happened, um, there's another a colleague of ours, Steve McNeil, another comedian. He'd been very open about talking about himself and his wife had suffered um, a number of failed pregnancies, uh, or sorry, miscarriages, and he'd been very open about discussing that. So I kind of knew because he'd been talking about it publicly that when that happened, that was a man that I could go and speak to about it, which was which was really great. Um, so emotionally. Um, it really, it, I think it's straight. It was, it was devastating, obviously, but it did, it did strengthen us. And from my point of view, it really solidified for me, um, in my mind, that I, that I really did want to be a dad, um, and that that it wasn't something that I was just doing casually. You were being frog marched into. <laughs> well, it certainly wasn't being frog marched into it, but I wasn't. I don't. I tend not to think about things a huge amount like that. Like I'm quite happy for life to kind of march on, and you know, if if. If that's the next thing you do, you know, I went to university not because I had any burning desire to attend tertiary education, because that's what you do at that point, isn't it? You know, and yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I, 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 I can't have film and TV, Garrett. Of course, yeah. mate. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no, there's no law degree here, mate. It's uh, yeah, get, get your vibe completely, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, it, I think it was good from a maturity point of view to to have that and go like, oh, this is something I want. And realising it's something you want and it's something you're passionate about is probably a, a, a very good mindset to get into before an actual miniature human arrives. <laughs> so uh, that segues nicely into the fact that your miniature human has arrived, mm -hmm. like a kind of Amazon Prime delivery. <laughs> it certainly is, yeah. The, the the most exciting thing that has arrived through lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, so... in terms of you know you're a new father and i'm sure the amount of emotions and you know the kind of even physical demands on you but based on things like lack of sleep and yeah. you know um having to do a number of different things um, what do you at this stage so you're one month in mm -hmm. what are your kind of feelings now about having being a father in terms of uh, are there, is there anything that's kind of um, making you a bit anxious or is there is, is it just all sunshine and rainbows well i have a, i have a bog standard anxiety surrounding um uh work and providing for and all, all that sort of stuff which i think are very standard at the moment are kind of around 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 the world given what's going on um and there's a certain sort of heightened sense of oh god will she will she be all right because there's nothing like you know a huge amount of um disease and death and stuff in in the news to make you think about mortality and then when you see this wonderful little bundle of joy and you do have that kind of ah uh, oh god you know i hope she's going to be all right and and great for the rest of her life um but i understand from talking to uh 
my father and other people that that is a standard thing that regardless of a pandemic is just something that comes with um with parenthood that you are constantly <laughs> worried about um, i definitely think that's true but it's so interesting you brought this up i mean the reality is is uh, the covid parents i include myself as one of them you know certain yeah. i've got an 18 month old but um you know, you would naturally have worry anyway. You know, I, I sit there thinking, oh, he's going to trip over and, you know, somehow fall down the stairs or, you know, we've got stair gates, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's going to do something that's going to hurt himself. But, you know, when there is a, a pandemic out there, you do have a kind of, you know, it's a logical fear that, oh, actually, he could catch this and there could be a, re-, you know, so I think yeah. I think the the anxiety that everyone's naturally feeling i certainly think new parents have had an extra dose of that on top yeah i mean very much i i um so your son's 18 months old so you were able to go through the whole uh, birth thing without it being a, a covid birth which I, there have been as i understand it sort of different grades of that but um yeah the, the whole sort of being masked up and having to wait outside and getting thrown out of the hospital 15 minutes after she was born and it, it's a it's a trip that <laughs> it's uh it's sort of very much back to the 1950s for for birth partners now i think well the thing is is i was there as you said before the whole covid thing hit and um ultimately i had to i, I was awake garrett you're not even gonna believe this mate I was awake for two hours, two days, I should say, straight. Yeah. Uh, very little sleep, and you know, I had a bad back at the end of it. So all these dads you who didn't lamb. even have to show up—I mean, you, you, <laughs> you look like a fully rested individual. I mean, I oh mean, no, 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 no. So no, the deal is now that you, so you, you show up for active labour. You're there for that bit, so you, you're you're there for like the couple of days thing, and then the baby comes out, and you're like, oh my god, this baby's incredible, and then um, the nurses and doctors are like, you got to go now. You're like, oh. what, right now? They're like, right, right now. <laughs> you're like, can I come back? They're like, you can come back for an hour tomorrow. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I know, yeah, it, it's uh, strange, strange times. Um, but yeah, that was so. She was born via a C-section after my wife was in the hospital for uh, six days leading up to that. And uh, yeah, she was born via C-section. So I got, got this wonderful little moment with her where I, I got to hold her where they were stitching my wife back up, and I got taken into this room, and it was just me and her. And it was a really beautiful day outside, and all the blinds were open, and the sun was coming in. And I sat there and I had a little chat with her for ten minutes. And then they brought my wife in, and they were like, you, you "Get out now!" <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You've had your chat. Get You've out. Had your chat. Off you go. <laughs> but they're like, "You need to go." And you, um, this one was like looking at me and saying, uh, "The, the midwife uh, was saying, you need to go and you need to sleep, and then you need to make sure that you're okay to drive a car when you come back here." And I was like, "That's extremely good advice." But how the hell do you think I'm leaving here? <laughs> Exactly. And you're like, I have only one intention of downing a bottle of whiskey as soon as I get there, so I won't be in any fit state yeah, to yeah. Uh, drive. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so in terms of like uh, actual, the kind of parenting now, your child's back as well. Yes. Um, is there anything that's kind of caught you off guard, like surprising? You know, I mean, the, the whole point, you hinted at it before, but 
parent, as parents, we don't get given the manual. It's a classic kind of cliche, but it's completely true. You ultimately get given a baby, and then when you come home, it's like, right, get on with it. So is there yeah. anything that's kind of caught you uh, on the hop? Yeah, it's it's not in, in the, the early stages of it, particularly for, for men. It's not as uh, scary or complicated as I think there are several industries attempting to make it in the in the run-up. So there's all this like oh, you got to be worried about this, you got to be worried about that. I was talking to a friend of mine whose um, his wife is seven months pregnant. He was like, "We haven't got anything," and I was like, "Dude, chill out. It's it's cool." And he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "We could we, we she's already growing out of stuff two weeks in. I can I can give you a bag of of clothes for like the first three weeks, like no problem. We were given loads of stuff. We were so lucky on that front." And he was like, "Right," and I was like, "You need a car seat. Uh, you need something for the baby to sleep in." Uh, you need a uh, a breast pump for your wife, and uh, loads of blankets, and loads of muslins, and, and nappies. And other than that, that will get you through the first three days, and everything else you can sort of order off the internet and arrive. You don't need this army mobilization of crap that people scare the shit out of you for nine months going, you need this, you need this, you need this. We've got piles of stuff that we're not going to use for weeks. So I just said, like, just... Just chill. You need something for her to sleep in, and you know you need a, you need a car seat, and you need some clothes, you need some nappies, and you need a breast pump for your wife, and a pillow to help her out when she's breastfeeding, and you know you can you can work out like a lot of the rest of the stuff as you go along. In terms, of, as long as you got that, when the baby arrives, you'll be fine. But I find that the whole like I, I read. I don't know if you did. Did you do classes or? Um, read books yeah yeah so i did um my wife signed up and she's unemployed at the time so i think it only cost us 17 quid um i believe under normal circumstances it's, it's over 200 and i was really glad we only paid 17 pounds and not the 200 because it saved me having to write some very sternly worded letters um <laughs> because uh i just it was on zoom and you're like okay the the chief benefit of this sort of thing is apparently that you you meet lots of other expecting yeah. parents great so you can't really do that you meet strangers on zoom is a complete <laughs> waste of time it's parent a chat roulette <laughs> yeah yeah that is exactly what it is um and we sort of had this sort of uh, budget claire rayner who was speaking like she just had a head injury going around <laughs> talking to people like they were like if it was necessary to speak to people in the way that she was speaking to them there was no way that they should be allowed to have pet like they wouldn't have managed copulation it was ludicrous <laughs> so i only i went to the first session which was 3 hours long and uh i found it three of the most moronic hours of my life and so i declared myself out of attending any more sessions and my wife <laughs> like dragons then you yeah, i'm, I'm out I'm out. Not doing I've, it. I've listened to Claire Rayner. Yeah. I've not liked what she said. I'm out. No. At one point she's going, could I ask all the men on the call? <laughs> could it, quite a good way of you to sympathise with your partner and because they're going through a lot in pregnancy is to get a, I like to get a bag and in the bag I put a bag of flour and some pasta and some tins and if you then put that bag on your front and you'll feel it's quite heavy isn't it and you can walk around the house you go putting some shopping in a rucksack <laughs> and sling it on your front 
is absolute has got nothing to do with being pregnant. What I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put a load of shopping in a bag and start strutting around the house to my wife going, I know how you feel. I'm not gonna do that. Because <laughs> it's as stupid as it is insulting. Start and playing she, I'm every woman. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> One of the other dads was clearly playing PlayStation while this was going on. I, I didn't get your name, but I salute you, you hero. And then uh uh, I was the only one, my wife was like, you were the only dad who didn't show up for the second session. And I said, well, heroism is not what it once was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing was uh, stupid. There was a three-hour session about how to put a nappy on. The nappies have indications on what is the front and what is the back. And then there's two fasteners on the side. It's not complicated. Do you know what, Garrett? I, I, I've, I, I love what you're saying, but I've got, I've got to come back on this one, okay? About, okay, cool. about the nappy, right? Because... <laughs> can say oh it's easy it's idiot proof right but you get there your baby's there and i after you know it'd been quite a traumatic birth anyway and then my son's there and and the midwife's like oh he's gonna need a nappy change you know what you're doing don't you and i'm like yeah yeah of course i know what i'm doing but that's your big moment that's when the lights are shining the brightest yeah and then i'm sitting there i'm thinking i don't know what i'm doing here I, i went to pieces yeah. And literally, because the thing is, they look so dainty. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't move them. You know, I'm not going to be able to. And and the midwife, I, the midwife said something to me, which stuck with me completely. And she was like, he has just been dragged out of a vagina <laughs> with forceps, okay? And he's not falling apart. So you can be a little bit rough with them. Oh, you know, yeah, the thing know. where they say you can be a bit rough. And you're like, yeah, you first, you maniac. <laughs> I don't want to end up in the local paper because I took your awful advice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I tell you what, you do this every day. I'm new to it. I'm I'm not going to be rough with the baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and the baby can work out together where the level is. I mean, I was. I, it was like I was trying to unwrap uh, a present that had been wrapped with tissue paper. I was so like, c- but that's careful, but- Johnny. That's not your fault. That's the midwife being a dick because. I reckon you're a very intelligent guy, and I reckon you could you could make us a you could make us a cup of tea if I asked you to make us a cup of tea. If yep. I sleep deprived you for two days, put you through an incredibly emotional situation, and then lined up like ten people to stare at you making a cup of tea, I'm not sure I fancy your chances. I just, <laughs> I just- oh, you, it's completely right. Yeah, no, you you are right. And and do you know what? I I do, I personally would advise people to do NCT, but that was purely because I went in the person, and yeah. we have made kind of long-lasting friends and associates that we've talked to, and that support network was really good. But yeah. it's so interesting you're giving the perspective, as a couple of my friends have done, of doing NCT in the Zoom era. So it's interesting take. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How many books did you read? Um, I, I, I read, I'd say, at least one book, but then I there was an app that my wife had which was you know telling you certain different things and it was kind of i don't know if you're on this where it plots um the kind of growth of your baby until this you, week what? your baby is the size of a mango yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly and you can yeah. change it so it's a croissant or your bread yeah bread, yeah <laughs> i mean they didn't they, this is why i was you know all coy around changes nappy because they should have said this week your baby is ready to be roughed housed by a midwife so you can do that you know I, I wasn't given that update so i was treating him like like a little mango because um and all, all, all precious because that was the latest thing the app told me well but, um, i think johnny like you know c- c- caution is probably right in that I, I, <laughs> yeah. I salute you I'm, I'm very much on your side yeah i'm not i'm not trying to encourage any of your listeners to be rough with their children by the I way you were that, that's friend. exactly what you said <laughs> Good here, Johnny said. Um, you know, hold the baby up by one leg and just slap the nappy on because that's what I told him. <laughs> and I promise you, that will not work as an alibi in court, people. <laughs> no, 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 no. A podcast told me. Um, um, so, in terms mm. of um, experiences for your your wife, obviously you had to yeah. go through the whole delivery, and um, yeah. you know, there's there's. You know, I'm, I'm speaking obvious facts here. There's a, an extra pressure on the the mother in that situation. Just a but, just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> but, um, how did how did it impact on you watching her have to go through what's a, obviously a surgery in the end uh, yeah. in, in the form of cesarean? Um, so how I did that make to, you I didn't feel? have to watch it. They put a little screen up, so. No, it's like a like a blind date screen, isn't it, for surgery? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> just She's don't just... take it down. Yeah, it's um. So how, yeah, how how did you how did you find the whole ordeal? I think we have to be careful as two two men on a podcast leaning too heavily on how we found the ordeal of birth. <laughs> We'll get emails. Um. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I, to be clear, though, I'm not. It's not. No, like, no. I know. I know. I know. I'm, it's I'm, because, I'm, because one of the things I've said before on this is the fact is is of course not for a second. You know, are we trying to limit or or or, or devalue all the pressures that uh, women go through it? But the fact is is that. Um, they've got podcasts often, already. Yeah, not as often <laughs> talked about the fact that men can actually, um, you know, have, have real troubles with it, especially mm. that feeling of helplessness. I guess when you, you're the person you love the most is going through something which is dangerous. Ultimately, yes, yes, it is. Um, I, I actually, I was, I was, it gone on for so long at that point, um, so six days. Um, so I just really wanted it to be over for her. So when they, when the doctor said, right, we're going to do a C-section, I was like, that is a good idea. That can only be a good idea. Cause then it's like, right, it's not people coming in every hour and checking a cervix and saying, well, you know, it could be an hour or it could be another three days. 
and so the they're like right the baby is coming now in 30 minutes um approach to it i was i was relieved i must say um having seen her go through what she'd gone through for the week then when the cesarean was uh was floated i was like that i thought that's a that's a good idea and then i wasn't concerned about it because there was you know a team of professionals who knew what they were doing and and i i kind of trusted the process um so i didn't let the whole thing i didn't let it kind of overwhelm me with worry i wasn't worried at that point i was i was i was excited I, i knew that there were risks involved but uh, there's a risk I'd kind of made my peace with when she got pregnant it kind of flipped me out a little bit because of what happened last time and I sort of dealt with that but I dealt with that at the beginning of the pregnancy of the the dangers of it and all that sort of stuff so I'd sort of emotionally dealt with that and emotionally dealt with what my role was so when we got into the onto the final furlong it wasn't it wasn't an issue for me I was like right this is great we're gonna have a baby soon and this is this this has been advised that this is the best way for the baby to come and the baby's coming now and it's coming for a team of excellent professionals who will make sure this is this is great and she's you know she's in the right place so i didn't have any i didn't have any of those those worries i think partly now i think about it because i did have a huge number of them at the beginning of the pregnancy because of what happened last time but i sort of dealt with them ahead of time because i couldn't i couldn't sort of go through 8 months of you know, waking up in the middle of the night, going, "God, you know, this is really dangerous." Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd sort of, um, yeah, I dealt with that, uh, which I would advise if if you can, if you if you're sort of able to do that kind of thing, if if your partner's pregnant, and whatnot, just to play out all of the worst case scenarios in your head and sort of deal with them a little bit early doors, and then put it down. Um, that's what I did. You know, if you, I, I sort of went, okay, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And I didn't put that to one side. I kind of sat for a few days and let that hit me full in the face. And then it was like, right, good. Okay. I sort of, I sort of dealt with that now. I slayed that demon to a point. I can put that to one side. Um, which, uh, which I'm pleased about actually. Yeah. Cause I didn't have any, I don't, I don't have any, um, sort of painful emotional memories of of of, of the birth or, or leading into it and everything i was uh i was very eager for it to to hit the goal line as it were yeah you know absolutely you wanted a resolution at that point yeah. you, you do start to get it's nine months is a, it's a long time <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i can i think that's a great um tip as well in terms of thinking about the worst case scenarios i was there thinking about you know all the bad things that could happen and even down to the one that I just couldn't shake and was that my son would come out and start liking Tottenham Hotspur and I, at the end of the day I've still not dealt with that <laughs> I've still not got over it and uh, let's hope it never happens now um, that's a parenting gonna... issue though Johnny <laughs> well exactly you, I've have got to, to... you have to use your child as a, as a vessel and pour in all of your aspirations into that kid <laughs> there you sure. go you've got to buy him the right shirt and you've got to let him know Oh, as soon as he came, out, as soon as he came out the womb, he was straight into the Arsenal memorabilia. Uh, he certainly <laughs> was straight into the different kits. Um, so, w- what's the most amazing? Mate? Was there a moment like a kind of like where it just all is just spectacular for you, where it, it, the world just became so much bigger and brighter, and like a moment where you just looked at your child and thought, "Unreal." And it might have happened since you, your child's been home. 
Oh yeah, definitely. It was very. Uh, I mean, that moment. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like because um, my only experience of being there for a birth is, is a cesarean. But you're there. You're talking to your partner, telling him it's all right, and you know you've got a screen up, so there is a kind of there's a disassociation there, and that sort of feeling when you hear that cry for the first time, and it just it really just bubbles up in you, and you're like, oh wow, and then had to go, and then they take the baby out to the table, and my, my wife was there, and her view was sort of blocked of the baby slightly because they're all checkers all right and it was up to me to uh announce the gender and all of that and my wife has asked you know is she okay and and i said yes yeah, she's absolutely perfect and that moment when i kind of realized she was okay she was perfect sarah's okay that just was uh that was a feeling like i never felt before it was this kind of smashing of all these all these things together and then when i saw sarah see her for the first time when the kind of the you know the gangway was cleared and i saw sarah get a look of her um and saw the look on her face and i looked at her and looked at the baby and it was like oh wow okay that's that was a real um well here's this little here's this little unit here which was <laughs> yeah really really exciting and then from from then on sort of that rush and then you're like right i've got to get car seat you've got to do a thing right and she came home she's got the cesarean scar so she's there so i have to get uh the food and i get the nappies out and i change the nappy and do things she's feeding right so i have to go and get this and run this errand and and do that and then after sort of three days of that three or four days of that you you kind of there's just a point i think when she was having a nap and i, I just i sat there with the baby and you look at this baby and go wow we, we we made a little person and you just have a little connection there and it's it's really it's really it's really something you know when you put down all of the tasks and all the roles and the things you have to do and all of that responsibility and stuff um and i think yeah it takes you after the initial thing then you're like right i've got a role i've got a job i've got things to do to do, 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 do. i'll do all those things and that's great and good and and you should do all that but i think when you get more relaxed into that role and you're like okay i can change a nappy i can I can put the wash on, I can do this, I can sort this out, I can make sure Sarah's water bottle is full and the pillow's there and she's all right. And then you allow yourself this moment to be like, wow, this is incredible, isn't it? This <laughs> is really, really incredible. That's that's really nice. So I guess, that, yeah, the first one of those I had about three, four days after the initial one. And it wasn't any less. It wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't a kind of a diminished feeling a or a tail off yeah, yeah yeah or a sense of oh same old same old <laughs> and, and then, bored of this now <laughs> yeah 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 come on let's get you graduated get the fuck out of the house I've got holidays to go on there's golf to play yeah no I haven't <laughs> um, so Garrett we mm. we um, on this podcast we always like to offer a little bit of advice to the dads li- listening yeah and this episode will be no different and yeah. the feature is called get your tips out for the dads um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't it, sing the intro. So get your tips out, get your tips out, get your tips out for the dads. Garrett Millerick. Oh, Johnny, you just made my day. What? <laughs> oh, I've never been teed off like that. Yeah, I do actually. I've got a really good tip for the lads. Um, don't read any pregnancy books written by men aimed at men. Um, so, as Johnny says, there are apps available, and there's uh, there's the, the NHS website. There's also a fun one called uh, What to Expect, where you can watch a little YouTube video for every week of the pregnancy. Where this American woman is like, "Baby is now 37 weeks," and it's it's really good fun. But don't, for goodness' sake, get hold of any 
uh, pregnancy books written by men aimed at men. They're awful. They're all written like mid nineties copies of FHM. Um, <laughs> and they, they, I read a couple of them. Or I started reading a couple of them and they, this is awful because they're all written in this oh well when I found out my missus was pregnant I thought why aren't there any pregnancy books aimed at men written by men and <laughs> my missus such- Lucy Pinder she's yeah a- yeah <laughs> it sort of goes in this thing you go I, there's still a market there you know this podcast is, is part of that market and, and God bless you for doing it because in the in the in the book market it's so so unnecessarily laddie and moronic and um yeah, there's things like, you know, they've written in... You know how, how cod banter, when written down, is like the worst thing? So they're all... They're trying to, like, have this, this bad thing of, of trying to relax people. But well, I will write it like it's just a mate talking down a pub. But it's not a mate talking about a pub. It's it, down a pub. It's a book about pregnancy. Um, so, yeah, if you are interested, there are loads of great books about pregnancy. Um, and they are predominantly aimed at women. Um, but you can read a pregnancy book aimed at uh, women and just um, just it, change words like uh, you to her on the fly as you're reading it, <laughs> and and you'll be fine. But don't 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 go into the lad literature thing, and don't let and and that and the second one, um, you're great. You've got this, and it's not incredibly complicatedly scary. It's 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 a manageable thing, and there are loads of people that can help you manage with it. And if you're talking to someone and they're like, "It's the scariest thing ever," um, stop talking to that person and go and talk to someone who'll give you some practical advice and won't be trying to scare the shit out of you. Those are my two tips. Fantastic, I love that. I'm still thinking about the the geezer dad books. I I, I think in the audio book version, narrated by Dapper Laughs. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, she's gonna have a kid, and it's gonna come out and bother. Your baby is now the size of a can of Stella. Garrett, um, yeah. uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, thank you for having me, and thank you so much for being so understanding about me um, being late. Oh no worries <laughs> at all. Can you tell our uh, listeners where they might be able to find you, or if there's anything else you want to promote on here? Yeah, I've got a website www.garrettmillerick.com. Um, I've got a couple of albums out uh, on 800 Pound Gorilla Records, which you can get on Spotify, and I've got a podcast looking at silly news stories called Laughable which I do with Jade Adams and Red Richardson Jade obviously who would have heard on this podcast but we've got a little weekly podcast we do um, if you fancy checking that out it's very silly fantastic fantastic thank you so much for joining us Garrett and guys we will see you next time a podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.